Greetings, Pathfinders, and welcome to After Party 22, covering episodes 64, 65, 66, or as I like to call them, the Golden Girl episodes. Oh my god. The Staying Alive episodes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still trying to make something fit with that. Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Okay, fine. The Staying Alive episodes. I mean, there was CPR involved. It's true. There's a lot of staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know if it was CPR or just Citra over there like, live! But slam. All right, if I'm reading this correctly. <laughs> so, episode 64 saw our intrepid heroes continue investigations on. Uh, there, 64 this, this? has no ex- exploration. No, 64 we has we were like half the party's out. gone. Oh, is that? Yeah. The, oh, you're right. You're right. You like 60, like... 63 ended with the crypt thing. Tele- yeah, teleporting burst of the crypt thing. Which yeah. is what a supernatural ability of theirs or something stupid. Yep, yeah. supernatural. All right, Basically, so, we blinked and half the party was gone. So 64 saw Sudi and Sagira um, <laughs> do, doing a montage of running and jumping and falling in things. L- and looking back on it, just think of that scene in Ferris Bueller when he's trying to get home before his parents. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I preferred the more the more uh, action-packed Jason Bourne like running atop the rooftops thing, which is kind of how Sudi actually played that out. But I don't know why, because I feel like Eye of the Tiger is playing in the background. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> the Eye of the Tiger. You know, the single Eye of this shooting. tiger. He's You're not a tiger. I know I'm not. You made that joke um, yourself. Meanwhile, the crypt thing was joined by a uh, orc, half orc gas. Show us back at the end. You're real bad at what? this. <laughs> Fine, you do the recap then. Fair enough. So 64 was uh, the beginning of the fight against the crypt thing and after it teleported reached. half the party away from everyone else. And we uh, retreated. Yeah. <laughs> you, we tried. Well, you very slowly retreated. I think it took you guys like four rounds to actually get 30 stairs. feet away from yes. the thing. Well, and we killed the crypt thing at the end of that episode. That, well, yeah. And yours was bleeding out. So, yeah, we got to do some interesting things with Sudi and Sagira. I got to dust off a... It was a modified version of the chase mechanics. Uh, yeah. I didn't go with the actual chase mechanics. I've always conceptually enjoyed the chase mechanics. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally thinking back. I think maybe once I remember us using the chase mechanics. Yes. They were in uh, Curse. Curse when yeah. we were chasing... There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Jessica throws... Uh, you were chasing a person? <laughs> yeah, for the non-spoiler version oh, wow. of that. <laughs> I just yep. said a person on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, they introduced it in Curse of the Crimson Throne, and then they brought it back out. And it's been something that has always had a little... The mechanics of it are a little hit or miss, but I really like it for just a very fast way of dealing with... Instead of just going, okay, so Sudi double moves 80 feet, and back to the action. (laughs) And then Sagira double moves 60 feet, and back to the action. The number of steps you each had to take was determined upon your speed. So I basically decided that if you managed to pass both of the checks, you effectively got to make a full round action to quadruple move. It's how I did it mathematically to get you back to where you're going. I liked that a lot better than us having to come up with interesting ways to... Talk about running. Talk about running. Yeah. And in the meantime, there was a very long, drawn-out retreat. Yeah, we killed the crypt thing, and then a gas caught us, and I was dying. We did get one of them hit in the face with a tile. It's true. No, you (laughs) did get to use the tile. I really liked it when... You know, because I listen to all of them strategize off air. I discourage it, but they strategize off air. And I appreciated when they were talking about it. They're like, well, we'll just bring him back into the, the blue tile room and then that will deal with it. <laughs> I didn't uh, say that. I said it would slow him down. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, sitting, teleported. 
I'm sitting there knowing, well, it's like, well, it can dimension door three times per day uh, with quicken dimension can. door. So it's like, I'm not I too concerned that. by it. <laughs> well, of course, you, yeah. But at the same time, I actually was wondering whether or not you're just going to run in there and then go, okay, it fled away and then hang out in that room and then fight these things while the tiles were attacking things with you. We might have done that if that crypt thing wasn't slamming me for 13 points of damage every time it yeah. touched me. It's true. You're the one that decided to stand and fight it. You it's just true. did it with a searing like, <laughs> in the yeah. face. I was <laughs> so honestly... You, got, you <laughs> it off. And so that's why it was like, oh, heck no. Like, that that was... <laughs> the crypt thing wasn't the hardest encounter there. Its greatest contribution to the difficulty for that episode actually came in in the second episode, where it wedged you in the stairwell. Yeah. Well, it was gave, dead by the end of that. Yeah, but... That's but it gave time for the, the ghoul to actually catch up Gast. to the guest. I guessed. I guessed. But Sudi did manage to get back into the uh, the fight by the end of that. The more amazing thing was that I somehow managed to successfully make a dozen rolls in That's a row true. without a failure, which never yeah. happens. Yeah. Ever. That was impressive. Yeah, I was really kind of surprised. I was like, I'm doing so well. This is going to end at some point. And then it did. And I was like, okay, now I can go back to being like normal and not like being super risky. The dice gods knew you needed a bump. I know. Because I was like, I want to be heroic and come in at last day and hopefully save everybody. And then it didn't really work out that way. You came in. I didn't didn't make it in the room at least. I was on the board. (laughs) almost killed everyone in episode 65. Episode 65 was we're all dying. We got pretty eviscerated. Except Sagira. (laughs) She was was fine. Running montage for Sagira part two. She like skipped like scratched her knee or something like it wasn't a lot so yeah the following episode was the long drawn out it was at least 45 minutes of a fight against this guest it was awful yeah. I mean it's not the longest um, fight of, we've ever had but no but it's probably it's I cannot remember a time in any other adventure path that we've done where something has just wrecked us like that. Well, it was like whack a mole. Whack a mole. Yeah. We'd be like, yeah. and you're paralyzed, and you're not paralyzed, so you fight, and then no, uh, you're paralyzed now. I, I would put that up there as I think the three hardest fights that this party has had. All of them in this book, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because you know maybe well, the last gasp we fought screwed us up pretty good too. Yeah, maybe yeah. going back, Ilmanesh caused a lot of issues for you guys, but that wasn't you guys weren't in a in a lot of danger in that fight. The first mummy fight. Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. that one was rough. Like, that one nearly took Segura out of the fight in the first round of combat, and it nearly killed Sudi. Yeah, yeah. It nearly killed Sudi in a single hit. It messed the party up. The fight against the vivisectionist uh, oh, bear. God. Yeah, yes. that was. I've decided gas with class levels are like mean. overpowered or something. Mean spirited. Well, it <laughs> it is the a guest is going to add two levels to or basically two challenge rating to anything that it has. So mechanically looking at it, you could have a a party of 17th level characters going up against a 15th level monk guest. And mechanically it's supposed to balance out but it is a creature that every strike gets paralysis. Yeah. And it has three attacks. Yeah. So. And so just imagine if it's something like a 10th level anti-paladin ghast. That's ridiculous. Don't don't anyone stat that out. <laughs> That's not something this world do it, needs. Do it no. now. <laughs> yeah, I, it was one of those interesting things because like sometimes I... I Sometimes I feel like the challenge ratings are iffy. That one felt way off, but it really was just because we were doing such poor saves on yeah. the paralysis because every single roll of the paralysis I made, I failed. No, like, you didn't. You passed did once. I once? You passed one. At least one. You got you got a full round attack in one time. That's true. I did get. Well, I guess maybe I saved once, but I just felt like I couldn't roll against it. You know. So it's just and that's just bad luck. Like there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But you could feel everyone in the room was. Uh, 
uh, yeah, we weren't. Oh, happy. I, I thought we were TPK'd for sure. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were done for. We were not going to be TPK'd because Sagira was just out in the freaking city <laughs> running. Existing in the city. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I, I thought I thought we were gonna have like an almost TPK, like everybody except Segura is gonna be dead because it just seemed like we could not get enough hits on it. Yeah. The dreaded ATPK. Yeah, almost TPK. Yeah. Almost TPK. <laughs> I mean, Isra was doing really well, but then she was paralyzed. Well, that's yeah. the thing is like all yeah, of us paralysis. could do well against it when we weren't par- paralyzed, but it was one of those things that like you know we get Onuris up and Onuris gets one round to do something and then Onuris is paralyzed again and like yeah, I didn't really get paralyzed so much as in the yeah. negative oh, yeah, because right. I couldn't keep yeah. enough hit yeah. points up to get survive yeah. a hit from oh, yeah. this thing. Onuris. It was also a barbarian, right? Yeah. 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 They specifically created mechanically undead was it cannot an unchained be barbarians. Barbarian? No. Uh, it was a regular barbarian. I would have liked it if it was unchained. I only ever used one of its abilities once, as far as its rage powers are concerned. It did have knockback, but it never seemed pertinent. Yeah. Yeah, where were you? That would have helped back. us get out of the stairwell. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't want that. They actually had to create a type of undead modifier for undead to allow them to be barbarians. Because undead, they are emotionless. So they, they can't are, technically rage. Yeah, they they well, they can't gain morale bonuses. Is, you yeah. know, undead can't benefit from bardic performance mm-hmm. or the heroism spell yep. or rage. And on top of that, rage gives you extra hit points through constitution or your constitution modifier. And undead have no constitution score. And you get rage rounds based on your constitution score. <laughs> So anyway, I hated that gas. Yeah, we're getting down yeah, to. Yeah, it was not cool. I just yeah. that was ugh. Yes, you fled from there like By cowards. By the grace of Horus, and we did not. We made a tactical retreat. Okay, it wasn't like cowards. It was we need help. We need healing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, was the valid. intelligent thing to do. I don't like being called a coward. Neither does Onuris. You then return, you descended back down. You got to explore one of the side areas where you found you found some interesting things. That Nebta's was uh, the creepy, following episode. Nepta's creepy Calistra ladies. Yeah, that, yeah. that yeah, there's that still something weird. missing in that. Those are his like girlfriends, his harem. They yeah, might you know that. I'm wondering how much of that has to do with the Copulse resurrected that orc. And these two were under the effects of general repose or something else, and it didn't work. And now that he's not himself anymore, he's just going to leave them there until the spell wears off. And that's why there's nothing been done with them. Maybe. I mean, we don't really know per se exactly how the Copulse works. So it could have something to do with the general repose, or they could be sanctified in some other way that wasn't like showing magically. Because everything we've found so far seems to say that he's not who he was before he activated the mask. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I get as the implication. Could be. He's just trying to raise some new wives. I mean, it could be like an emotep situation where it'd be like, bring him back his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, he wants to like actually raise them from the dead, not make them undead. Or Dracula. Ah, yes, Dracula's wives. Yeah, he had, he had three sexy wives. Yep. yep. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll find out. I took all the jewelry so I can like be like, I have your lady's jewelry. Yes. I, See if it works. I honestly <laughs> don't know if he's going to give a flying you-know-what about I that. I don't either, but maybe he will. Well, I mean, he cared enough to wrap them in the finest silk. Yeah, but and... he might. He probably did that before he activated the mask. That's it's what I'm possible. saying. He, prob- he may not give a flying word well, I can't say because Rick's going to edit it. Then we'll know. I don't know. <laughs> you did Lunch. learn something actually Lunch. quite Lunch. valuable. 
because you learned something about the way the call in uh, the yeah. mask yeah. of the forgotten yeah. girl. Yeah, works. whatever Red. happened didn't exactly split the three parts correctly. It looks like, it, which makes sense because there weren't three pieces just kind of next to each other. They are like intertwined. Uh, it's yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of like when you mix like food coloring. Uh, like oh. it's never the same after that. <laughs> I was really gonna. I was really hoping he was gonna say it's kind of like when you try to take apart a Twizzler. <laughs> It's really hard to just get one strip of that Twizzler. <laughs> to be fair, I think I've had a Twizzler like once or twice in my life. I'm not a fan, so oh, yeah, uh, I haven't had a lot out. of Twizzlers growing uh, up. My mom loves Twizzlers. There's yeah. just always Twizzlers at the house. There's a whole thing when I was a kid that it, they, they make super ineffectual straws, just to throw oh, that yeah, out there. Yeah. <laughs> but you would bite off both ends, and then you'd use them to drink Coke, and it would make cherry Coke. Yeah. No, it did not make cherry Coke. That it was made the rumor. some sort of abomination. <laughs> tasty. You're a weirdo. Yeah, it was good. Twizzlers. Well, get out of here. Yeah, I, I didn't grow up with Twizzlers. So the one all. side, of, the one half of the table is against We're Twizzlers. We're the majority. Yeah. Yes. Y'all Tell us what you think of Twizzlers, Pat yeah. Folk. Shout out. Go, on our, go, go to our subreddit and let us know what you think of Twizzlers. That is about uh, them yeah. Twizzlers. Or just licorice in general. Okay, Ew. see, I can only do red Twizzlers. Like, black licorice is disgusting. I'm here for that. Licorice uh, is disgusting. Anywho. Period. Sorry, Sweeten. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Sweeten. Yeah, yeah, so following that, you uh, you continued your exploration. You made your way to a, uh, a pretty cool-looking room. Yeah, I that like this neat. little room, except for the horrifying monster in it. Which I looks like liked you can fly, him. by the way. He what? was cute It AF. looks like you can fly. It has wings. He's cute. It's yeah, but fly. the ceiling's not that high in here. 50 feet high. Yeah, I was like, uh, is it, though? Uh... If episode 67 is not called the one with the kaiju battle, oh I'm about to stop this city, I'm out. Oh, man. Oh, man. I need that to be true. Yeah, I was just stomping through the city, like, kicking over these little pieces. The best thing is it's almost like a uh, old school B-horror movie, though, because especially <laughs> if you send in Isra, that it's just a giant bat against a giant cat nope, fighting Isra's in the middle gonna of the city. No, Isra's going to go in the hallway, away from here. That was the classic B-horror movie thing that they're just like, what if a cat grew to awesome size? It's true. That was in a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, Yeah, but it was also, I think, like, pre-kaiju. Like, I mean, we're talking, like, before kaiju was even a term. Uh, I think they did some of that stuff where it's like, what happens if giant ants were facing off against giant There's also, what, the 50-foot-tall woman who's just a lady in a leopard bikini that's stomping through a model city. Yeah. Goals. (laughs) (laughs) Just wishes she was 50 feet tall. And stomping in a leather bikini or whatever (laughs) through a city. (laughs) So yeah, but so you now guys we, got we get to, uh, to get to fight that next episode. Yeah, you had a polite conversation with sure. him. Sure, he's cute. I, I I will say I have actually done some research, like not into like the actual lore books, but actually like online into the negative energy plane, and there is like nothing there. That's like, no, a horrible place to go. Well, yeah, because it's basically like if you go there, you will die. It's like okay, well, I mean that makes sense. And now this thing's popped out, and I'm like, wait it's a not minute, alive. <laughs> it's the upside down. Yeah. It the is, the yeah. positive energy plane is also a horrible place to go. The upside down is yeah. a little bit more like the shadow, shadow plane. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the shadow plane actually has portions of yeah. the material plane. It, mm-hmm. it looks like the material it. plane, but everything sucks. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. Okay, Basically. And it's where Zonkuthon lives. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, as well as with uh, such relish. <laughs> I want to go to the shadow plane, she says. I want to be what tortured. Is, what was it? Rel, Relneck? Uh, the lost prince of the, uh, the first, the Fae? Uh, I think he lives in the shadow plane. Oh, yeah. Weird. I like my flesh to stay on my body. No, that's yeah. preferable. Well, I mean, I just imagine that you're just taking constant negative energy damage. Well, that's what happens in the negative energy plane, yeah. yeah. You take constant negative yeah. energy damage. I've 
talking about Zonkathon. The positive energy Leave plane Zonkathon also sucks. Zonkathon alone, he's just misunderstood. Okay. I imagine the positive energy planes, you <laughs> get filled first, with positive energy anymore. until you burst like a balloon. Basically. Sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> anyway. So, so yeah, you guys got to have a, a polite conversation with him. And, and then, now he's uh, going to kill us. He's got a cold. Now things are going to devolve. Because <laughs> we need yeah. to go to oblivion. I thought that was like a hacking laugh that you were making. It was. Yeah, that's it, what I thought. Funny. It was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to go Just, to Oblivion. Every, every time he talks about Oblivion, all I can think is the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I know, I mean, I was like, like uh, Hermaeus Mora? Yeah. Now that guy's cool. I do like Hermaeus Mora. <laughs> but it's just a bunch of eyes. Yeah, well, of course, knowledge. I love it because it makes me think of Cthulhu and Lovecraftian's sure. shenanigans. Great. If you haven't played Elder Scrolls, you should do that. Yeah, fun. Elder Scrolls are fun. I'm a little concerned uh, about that. Oblivion, fight. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure 80% of the world has played Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim is excellent. Skyrim and one of its I don't look at how many hours I put into Skyrim when I loaded up on Steam because the, I don't need to know. I, I think look. that's why they keep making new versions of it so that you can't see how many hours you've played it. <laughs> Anywho, right. moving on. So yeah, we, right. we ended that one with the, the cliffhanger of the impending fight and Jessica getting a little bit of information about how this thing has a paragraph for defensive abilities. <laughs> Which makes I, me I fear it's paragraph for offensive abilities. Well, also. I wanted to know how to kill it because I already knew it was going to probably kill us with negative energy. Let me just say it's offensive abilities are actually a longer list than it's oh defense. Oh my God. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, something that this weird and out of place you know, is going to have crazy power. You can't prepare. Power. See, We're in the room with it. I'm glad we walked down that hallway because I bet you, bet you real actual money that if we had not found this thing... It would show up when we're fighting... Nepta. Nepta. Yeah, I can't remember that AKA name to save our Nepta. <laughs> should make things a million times worse. Plus, we would have missed out on Kaiju fight, and that's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm here for this. Yeah. Also, I was a little concerned that you guys were going to stop and rest. <laughs> oh, I bet that's an <laughs> awful idea. I was like, find you. hmm, hmm, that won't end well. Yeah, let's rest in this crypt with all this gross stuff. And yeah, all no. these undead I think things. Not, I think we not. just went to our allies and said, give us. We hurt. <laughs> you show up for the like you show up and all the dead bodies are gone. You're like, what the heck is this? And then you get to the boss room and it's just him, like Aww. surrounded by forty two zombies oh, my and various well, the chunks of zombies that are left because some of them we just cut like in torsos pieces, wiggling. So. Yep. Torsos wiggling. wiggling. <laughs> Doing the worm at you. Yeah. We, <laughs> goodness. Can we segue into emails and maybe hack? Your conversations and wiggling yeah. torsos. In, in an awful segue, emails. Emails. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of torsos. <laughs> Speaking. These people have torsos, probably. Uh, so I hope they have torsos. We have a lot of emails this week. Oh. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for giving comments, concerns. Yay, path uh, We could use a couple of prayers to get thrown in with that, but you know. Uh, so our first email is from Chris from Breezy Creek. Breezy Creek. Is that a real if, place? I, I don't know if it's a real place or if not. It kind of sounds like one of those things that reminds me of a like gnome. Midwestern America. <laughs> it's you a know? gnome village. Ooh, a gnome village. I kind of like that. Where's their big gnome village population type place? A forest? <laughs> a forest. A forest. Just choose a forest. Just pick littered, one. Littered with gnomes. <laughs> Uh, we all look to Rick as he's... The one that I could immediately think of. No, that's full of devils. What about that yeah. weird, like, wind chime town that had all the weird little gnomes in, uh... Yeah, where was... What, what forest was Curse? that in? That was I in... I think that was in the Sanos Forest. That was up by, uh... It was on the river. Whistledown. 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 So, 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 so you're so from, from Whistledown. Whistledown. So thank it's you. It's a pleasant place. Mm -hmm. Chris from Whistledown. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the pod. You all have great chemistry and really bring your characters in the story to life. You also have a solid, but not rules lawyery, understanding of the rules. Good for us. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. 
Which brings me to my question. How do you determine when a PC can take 10 on a skill check? It seems like sometimes Rix lets a player take 10 on a knowledge, spellcraft, or appraise check, and other times he has the player roll the check, seemingly under the same circumstances. Oh. Thanks. Yeah, actually, um, sometimes we just forget we can take 10, and so we roll. Um, yeah, I think you can take 10 whenever you're not threatened, right? Yes. Yeah, and if, sure and, and if that, yes. but any other time you can take 10, right? There are exceptions to it, but yes, you can take 10 anytime that your character is not threatened, and that is kind of, it is one of those occasions where they use the term threatened, and it doesn't necessarily mean the game mechanic term of you're in a threatened square. Uh, yeah. If you're in a threatened square, of course you're threatened. It means there's danger around. But there's danger, so it's kind of a gym prerogative. If you're up in the rigging on a ship during a storm, you probably can't take. You can argue that there's a threat. There's some something endangering your life. It's the reason why you usually can't take ten on disabling a trap, mm-hmm. because the trap is always threatening you. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times with the players, it's there, they forget. Well, and there are things that I don't mind taking ten on. Like if I find a bunch of magic items as on Uranus, or yeah. yeah, it's like okay, I get it. T- taking ten on a spellcraft, I get twenty one. Is there anything I actually need to roll for? And that just saves me for bounce it from bouncing a d twenty five times if it just you know if and I would know it. Sometimes you want to get better than a ten in yes. order to know stuff or to actually succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, there's just times where I prefer to roll dice rather than take ten. Just just personal preference. I usually bite my or shoot myself in the foot when I do that because uh, yeah, I always roll low, but I do prefer to roll the dice. It just feels better. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's well, certain situations where like. Like, if, like I said, if you're going to make a ton of dice rolls and you can take 10 on it, it's just easier to go, okay, this the DC to climb this wall is a 12. Does everybody get that taking 10? And then we don't have to make 30 yeah, rolls to climb the cliff. I will sometimes just ask. Yeah. Um, you know? yeah. Just to kind of speed things along because it's, if you have a 150-foot climb or something like that, I don't want the party to have to roll 15 climb checks to see if they climb up there. If they can just take 10, then that's going to save us some time. And the one person that might struggle with it will have to roll. It will at the very least speed things along. On her, it just flies. <laughs> yeah. A good suggestion that I would point out for people, though, is if you have a party member that's going to take 10. So, for instance, it's a knowledge religion check and Heather just goes, well, Onuris takes 10 on his knowledge religion and gets an 18. If anyone else in the party has knowledge religion, that's a great time to roll. Yes. They prob- it's like this is our baseline, but maybe there's there's a statistical chance that Sudi or Segura could get higher. Uh, and so it's always a great idea that if you have multiple peoples with the same skill that you can have one of them just go, well, we're guaranteed to get some baseline information by taking 10 and then the other person to swing for the fences. Yeah. But I guess, and back to answer to your question, they are a lot of times allowed to take 10, but rolling dice is fun. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we are dice goblins here. Moving on to our second email, another Chris from the Isle of Halgrim. We talked to, or we had Chris. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, on, which means. Uh, yeah, I was like, that's not a real place. <laughs> <laughs> I read it and I was like, that sounds like we've already placed him somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's the. Uh, on the northwestern shore of Battle Wall. Oh, oh sounds oh, so epic. That is bad. Nice. I don't know what you look like, Chris, but I'm picturing a giant beard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're a lady dwarf <laughs> with a giant beard. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a bearded helm just with an awesome like oh, chain yeah, yeah. link yeah. beard. Yeah. Anyway. Either way, or you know, since this is uh, this is our world, you can get one of those uh, knitted beards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> All right, so Chris plus two writes chin warming. <laughs> Chris writes, Hey gang, have you had enough opportunity to play the PF 2.0 playtest to give your thoughts on it yet? As a group that really knows your rules, I'm wondering on your thoughts of the new system. Any specifics you like about it? Anything you disliked? 
As a veteran player of 1.0, I'm interested in your take on the new system. Do you see yourselves moving on to the new system when it comes out? My own exposure to 2.0 is very limited. I've seen, heard some other podcasts playing the new rules, and I've heard some responses to it. Some aspects seem great, like the three-action combat. Others seem a bit rough, most notably the new magic affinity rules. The GM side of me likes to see less magic from head to toe, but I also admit that as a player, magical loot is just about the best reward in the game, so only being able to wear a few items feels a bit rough. Any insight from the Find the Path powers that be would be most welcome. Keep up the powers great work. The I look forward to each episode every week. Week. Most of the so things I didn't like about the 2E playtest, they fixed in the actual second edition. Yeah. So yeah. That yeah. three-action economy is good. Um, I like also, that. I like that small point of order, um, everybody, as far as I know, nobody has early access to the rules yet, so yeah. I'm, they're playing off the playtest rules, and a yeah. lot has changed according yeah. to what yeah. they said. Uh, having gotten a chance to play it some at PaizoCon, the, Lucky. there is a ton of changes. I mean, uh, for me, the one, the biggest thing that I didn't like, they removed out of the out of the yeah. the new 2.0 yeah. rule, so yeah. Yeah, which was resonance. So I'm back to being a happy camper. I don't know. My second thing I didn't like was that like the tinkering they did with magic and spell power, but it seems like they changed that. They too. they said they boosted that up because there were some duration problems in some utility spells that were like yeah. ridiculous. But it seems like they fixed that because I think they they forgot that it's like we don't only use these spells in combat. Like yeah. we we are problem solvers and we want to use them in other situations. So, so. I think they fixed it though. I yeah, think they did. I, I do recommend if you. Uh, want to go listen to them actually talk you know kind of get it from the horse's mouth there is a recorded PaizoCon panel where Mm -hmm. they talk about the number of changes that they do Mm -hmm. and why and specifically they go through the play test and say what everything that was testing and what the changes were because of the feedback so it gives you really good insight into kind of like they knew some of the stuff wasn't going to be popular and they were okay with that. Like that's. I just think I asked thing. a question in that panel. Is that the one you asked the question? Yeah, you asked about cars or something. <laughs> we, were, we were on Twitch and they were like, "Rick Sandage," like they recognized you, and I was like, "Whoa, that's uh, weird." You guys are great. Um, what it boils down to me is the fact is I love a lot of things with Pathfinder First Edition, just like I loved a lot of things with 3.5. I can recognize that there are places for improvement, and I can't think of a group better than Jason Bowman and his team to find and make that happen. Uh, if there's anyone who loves rules better than I do, it's <laughs> Jason Bullman, Stephen Randy McFarlane. Seifter, or Mark Seifter. Mark, Mark Seifter, yeah. And uh, Logan Bonner? Yep. Yep. Logan yeah. Bonner, yep. The the whole team, they just, their quality. Uh, we are not going to be transitioning, of course, the podcast. I think we've mentioned this before. We are yeah. not transitioning the podcast to but, second edition, but we are going to be playing some of it on our own. Yeah, once yeah. we finish Strange Aeons, which is a game we're doing, uh, not recording, we're going to jump into the second edition first AP and by the time we do bring it to the pod we should hopefully have the rules down enough that yeah we will maintain our reputation champions that's exciting yes neutral good paladin type zero level spells actually being worth something to the casters when you're out of other spells and those progressing as you level so I I like that that is cool negative not happy that half orcs are a subtype of humans in the ancestry I'm actually really mm. interested about that when they add in things because they were kind of hinted at Paizocon that like Typhlings and Azamars are going to be one of those that you can take like you can be in 
elven Azamar and still have some elf things and some Azamar things rather than it being its own thing. That kind of only, more like only humans yes. can interbreed with everything. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I am actually yeah. kind of excited about that. So I actually kind of like this better because it's going to allow for, I think, a lot more customization. It's like, I'm an elf and have some elfy things, but I also want to be an Azamar, so I have access to all these Azamar I think feats. the problem is that they don't have the orc in there. And so your options, if you don't want to take human things, is to take a handful of things that are kind of in there under half-orc. So it feels like limiting when I could... I don't know, I just really like half-orcs and I'm kind of grumpy I'm that sure they're that's, like demoted. I'm sure that's yeah. one of the things that they'll expand upon pretty quickly, though. And hey, maybe we'll look out and there'll be a page on extra half-orc traits in the bestiary. That would be nice, because right. I like half-orcs. So. Uh, and something else that I enjoyed about it, and uh, this is because sorcerers are my favorite class, I did play them in the playtest, being able to cast off different spell lists as a mm-hmm. sorcerer, depending on your bloodline, is super that, cool. Like, it's I really that. unique. That was pretty cool. I like playing my dwarf sorcerer that I like was a dwarf in heavy full plate. <laughs> And I could still cast spells. That was pretty neat. Yeah. The bards have like their occult spell list now, so they're not uh, cherry picked from some arcane and some divine. Yeah. They actually have their own list. And yeah. the, the primal list and is a neat idea. Yeah, and like there's stuff on the occult list that's just on the occult list. So it's like one of those, okay, well, felt my bard spells aren't just stuff that arcane or divine could also do. I have my own stuff now. And it, it really fixes the problem. I'm- it's kind of a problem. It's kind of not, but like if you, as you got into the the further uh, hardback books and they introduced new classes, they would have to then have a page that said, "By the way, here's your spell list of everything you got." And so, like the Magus spell list is different than the Wizard Sorcerer spell list in sl- some ways, and like you know, your Summoner has a different spell list than all of that. So yeah, it so. got it got kind of messy. And I think this cleans it up a lot more to just be like, oh yeah, you just cast off the primal spell list. Yeah, so I think we're all excited to give it a try. We're mm-hmm. not going to be doing it right out the gate. It'll be a couple months after the launch, probably before we start. But that gives Rick some time and all the rest of the time some to peruse the rule books. Yep. Before. We have our grubby little hands on some pre-orders as yes. soon as they get in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one last thing, actually, we we did some interviews while we were up at Paizo. They should yeah. be available up on our YouTube channel. I did get a chance to talk with James Jacobs. He uh, gave us like 20 minutes of his time. It was phenomenal. It was great. And he did mention one thing that I love, which was also that gods will have, instead oh, of doing yeah. the one step rule, oh, yeah. gods will have specific alignments for their clerics now. It's like, oh, so that's yeah. like cool. one of the examples he gave us. Serenre can't have like neutral followers anymore. She's or Ro- Rovagug's followers or can't be chaotic, chaotic neutral, neutral and be like, I'm kind of cool with destroying the world, but I don't really want to kill you everyone because that yeah. would be evil. Yeah. It's like, so, no, you've got to... You gotta embrace that. So it sounds yeah. like Serenre can be any one of the three good, but she can't have chaotic neutral people anymore. That makes sense. Like you have to be dedicated I, yeah. to the good. She can never have chaotic neutral people only two. That neutral. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if you're I, I, dedicated to a god slash goddess, you need to be dedicated. So it's kinda like the the non lawful followers of Abadar, the god of law. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. actually that just is if you're getting powers from the god, because you can be any yeah, alignment that's true. and worship somebody. Yeah. yeah. I actually played a lawful evil uh, follower of uh, Almade. Weird. Most of, well, he was he was trying to be a better person, uh, and so he yeah, was worshiping yeah. her and utterly believed in duty, but also believed in like ends justify the means uh, kind of. Yeah, it was Kingmaker. It so, was a different time. So yeah, we're ex- we're excited about second edition and, and the adventure paths that come with it, and eventually oh, the monkey uh, expanse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure eventually we will have a second edition game on the podcast. You say it may be a while. Yeah. Um. So thank you, Chris Number Two. Uh, our next email. Yes. How Halgrim Chris. Halgrim Chris. Halgrim Chris. This is Halgrim. <laughs> The next next email is from Jim from Montana, 
who uh, makes a note here, I live where the mountains meet the plains. So he's from, oh. um, what's the name of that dwarf city? I was thinking Shawanti people. Uh, you know, nah. Like, the plains the, the mountains? Plains? It's Montana. It's cold. What's the what's that name of that dwarf city that's right there? Oh, that, uh, Jor- Jorgen Jagalala. Uh, yeah. Uh, Janderdorf? Janderhoff. 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 I will point out, and I have said Janderhoff for the longest time. Are we pronouncing oh, no, it wrong? It, it is Yonder. Janderhoff. Oh, because if it's Norse at all, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. so he's from Yonderhoff. So Yonderhoff. Yonderhoff is a very nice place, Act. Yeah. Don't mind the Corvosans. Yeah. Jim from Yonderhoff <laughs> writes, Dear doorkeepers slash interlopers. I totally yeah. like <laughs> uh, Just at a happy dance at that. I'm one of those people that have been binge listening to y'all. Uh, yeah. I've got an hour long commute and drive around a lot for work. So whether you guys know it or not, I've been, you've been all over Montana with me for the past couple months. Neat. I'm Neat. all cut up now. So I'm going to have to start waiting for episodes. Boom. That's a I'm sad I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that is sad. Happens eventually to the best of us. It, it does. But we, hey, <laughs> you get to embrace that sense of suspense. Or you could just like take a six month break and come back. Don't, and no, don't listen to uh, that. Yeah, don't no. do that. Keep <laughs> listening every week. Um, join join the subreddit. There's a whole lot of people on there. Yes. They talk about, and, and you can now talk to them without spoiling things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, true. Or, you know, find us on Twitter. But you thank got, you for bringing us along with you. Yes, he yes. continues. You guys get a lot of fan mail telling you how awesome you guys are. I'm going to add to that. I've been a diehard <laughs> listener of the Glass Cannon podcast and found out about you guys on their subreddit. Oh. I love the Glass Cannon and other shows like Critical Role, but one thing I appreciate about you is that you are not actors or playwrights that have great <laughs> command of all sorts of accents. <laughs> we do our best. We try so hard. Uh, I practice. Uh, we are we are not professionals. No, we are not no, by any not. stretch of the imagination. No, I, I have a day job and it's not acting. Um, <laughs> you, you guys seem like regular folks that put your all into yep. it and just put on an awesome game. Thank you. It's clear that everyone really enjoys each other and the story that you're telling together. Y'all have inspired this mild-mannered soil conservationist yeah. oh, wow. Yay, nice. which Bravo. stop awesome yeah. yes. to be the best player uh, I can in my weekly 5e game and to DM Ooh. a Pathfinder 2nd edition game when it comes out in a month and a half. Awesome. Nice. Cool. I think we'll start with Plague Stone. It's a awesome. great place very, to start. Very good Jelly. place to go. Wanna, yeah. wanna uh, play. We, we talked with Jason Bowman a bit and it was it was hard pushed as that's going to be a great way to introduce yourself to all the new mechanics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Chris, also, if you, if you didn't immediately tune out once your email was read, uh, <laughs> a good place to start with second radishes, edition. Radishes, baby. Yeah, radishes. Gonna say. Okay. Was it turnips? I thought oh, it was turnips. turnips. No, it's turnips. Not yeah. turnips. turnips. Turnips, radishes are kind of I mean, close enough, but yeah. they're Fighting the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I foresee many a hate mail coming from all the radish, radish and fandom. turnip farmers. Um, one question. Why did the group decide not to use the Wind Whisper potions to update Septi or Shepis? I know you guys mentioned that you wanted to wait until after you've cleared the tomb. If I had learned valuable information that could help save the city, then I would want to share that information before embarking on a deadly mission. That's what expect- Citrus said. Citrates <laughs> <laughs> and I told you so. Uh, do you expect someone in the Temple of Phrasma or the voice of being a traitor conspiring with a barefooted man? <gasps> I do now. I do now, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I like Septi too much. Jim, you're spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thanks for putting on a great and inspiring show. Um, I, I yeah. did not think of that, but maybe a little bit now. I, do. I just, I, I kind of think huh. that it's, if we do, if we send Seppish an update that isn't, we have the mask. He's just going to carry on his plan anyway. 
Yeah. So it's to Septi. Yeah. Well, she's not going to be able to stop Shepis. Yeah, she's already know. tried. Well, yeah, I was going to say Septi and Shepis are really in that kind of state of they're already doing everything that they can aside from, you know, in Shepis's mind hitting kind of the the big red button to just end it all with some giant um, elastic. Septi effort. could send us Tetmaniv and help us heal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> can we just bring Tetmaniv for his healing power? Like, just stand in the back. So I need I need a scroll of summon Tetmaniv. <laughs> just really open doors to us. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I didn't think about that, but maybe that's somebody's dying move if we do actually TPK down to this thing. Is to let somebody Evan know. Thing. Yeah, this fudging thing. Fudging thing. Oh, whatever. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it, it is something that at this point I'm gonna I'm gonna say potentially shot ourselves in the foot if we don't because we need to let somebody know we failed. So you're right on. Like technically, if we do wipe out, then optimism. I man. mean, they're gonna destroy you know. the city if we fail anyway. We're their last hope to get in here and get this mask. Hey, That's a good hey. Point. Mr. Shepsis guy or whatever is supposed to be a real bad A dude who has a yeah. bunch of levels and stuff. So like, That's why I was like, why aren't we calling in the cavalry? I guess we could be like, hey, we're in your family's crypt. You want to know where that is? Here's where it is. Yeah, but they You're are. There, Rick did point out that there's so many undead gathered around the walls. They yeah. would lose more people forcing their way through to get to us. We also add, here's two different ways you can get into the city because <laughs> we both did it. <laughs> Have you tried jumping really, really far? Have you tried being seventh level? You're the ones who told us about Ubet's folly. Just get in that way. It's close. I thought he was like 10th or 11th level or whatever. Like, that guy could no, Yeah, so he He's could get close. through it. None of the other voices hey, could. Hey. Yeah. Just having him would be enough. A quisitor? <laughs> an inquisitor? Yeah. I think I, I think I can throw out three things on this. We're uh, dumb. First off, they're... Of they just didn't think of it. Uh, yeah, we're true. just people. It's, I did think it's of funny. it. I brought it up several you know, actually, times. Actually, yeah, Rachel did bring it up pretty much every time that you got a new scroll of Whispering Wind, Rachel brought it up again. It It's kind of like how people will listen back to, uh, God, what was that, like episode nine, when you guys fought the cockroach swarm and were freaking out, and then a lot of people wrote in, it's like, didn't you guys get some alchemist fire back in episode we two? Sold. Yeah, and we sold it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We didn't think we would. We didn't think that they would dare. You know, it was another swarm to fight. Hubris. <laughs> yeah. We learned a lesson temple. though, because last episode when on Nurse was like, "Hey, does anybody have alchemist fire? Or like, holy yeah, water?" Everybody's like, "Here you go. <laughs> we I, can be taught." <laughs> but you know, it's important because I still remember the very first time we ever played and Rick sent us to some like cold territory and none of us had what we needed to wear we for that cold. weather yep. and we were just like huh can we say that we bought some? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no we can we make some cold. survival checks to go hunt down some moose and make a fur we coat. We just cuddle. <laughs> cuddle together, everyone. Yeah. For warmth. But you got to learn from your mistakes. So, guys, what are we going to do next time? The uh, Probably yeah. Whisper Wind. <laughs> the second thing I'll point out is that uh, Whispering Wind does limit you to 25 words. Yep. And so even if it is your dying action, you'd have to go, okay, I've got to explain everything that's going on to Shepis in 25 words. Come to this point on the map. You'll see. Family tomb. Failed. Let me give you lat Family long. tomb located blank. We're good with words. We can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. We got two English majors up in here. Uh, but the, the last thing that I'll point out is, uh, and honestly, just because I would kind of love this to happen, is it does not send this, send it to a person. You have to use Whispering Wind to a location. Oh boy. And then it whispers it 
in a 10 foot radius. Oh, Just put great. it in Septi's office and hope. So, yeah, so it'd be like, it's like, okay, I'm going to send this to Septi's office. And then there's just the acolyte in there, like, Sweep sweeping it. up the floor. And then suddenly it's like, we made our way into the tomb of Shepis. There's a bunch of undead down here. We're We're send dead. everybody. <laughs> and then no one believes this poor little acolyte. <laughs> they said nuke it from orbit. I don't know what that means. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> But hey, maybe Kwasin was standing nearby. You never know. Oh my god, Kwasin! I miss Kwasin. They'll they'll just send Kwasin to speak with our dead bodies, and that's how they'll learn. Yep. It it would work. Yeah. She's the one that meets us when we get to the boneyard. I love her. No, because she's not allowed. I know, but it would be it would be sweet. All right. On yours has one of those Sobek he summoned waiting for him. Oh my god. (laughs) I thought they weren't allowed to escort the dead. They're not. They're not. I'm just trying to be funny. They just want to eat him. He's there to bite his leg. He's a hungry boy. Yeah, so long story short, Jim, that's an excellent suggestion, and my players should listen back through the podcast more often. I don't I'm... carry the loot. <laughs> I... Can, I, can I say once again, I did! <laughs> you gotta be more forceful, I blame you. Uh, there's, there's a couple of problems here with me, because I do keep the loot. I never look at it unless I'm writing I down new treasure. Have... OMG, Jordan. They are literally the on my kit. sheet. Oh, are they in the med kit? Well, why aren't we just using them? Maybe we'll use I... them in the next episode, Jim. <laughs> it's like with the tea. I had to keep bringing up the tea. Hey, we didn't Sign use the tea. For extra and the game. 67. I kept bringing up the game. Yeah. We played the game. When we will maybe use that scroll. We'll use it right as we're fighting this scary, like, crystal beast. <laughs> Somebody read the scrolls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also I need a death ward on me. <laughs> Send a death uh, ward. So, Jim, thank you very much for that. From Yonderhof. <laughs> Have fun yes. there. Enjoy There's the dwarven beer. ale. Enjoy yes. your soil conservation. Yeah. yeah. Conservation. Yeah, that was awesome. that's really that's cool. Neat. Good really for you. Good All right, our last. What are we doing with our lives? Just making a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> our final email is from Jared from California. Hey, Jared. California. Temperate. What part of California, though? Yeah, there's a lot fire. of places. Center Plains. Well, I, I, <laughs> no, actually, legitimately, it could be from the Center Plains. Oh, like really? there are areas that are a lot like that. Yeah. Center Plainy. Kind of I will point out that most of the people from California we put in Chiliacs up until this point. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> we judge our past. The Cinderplane are cool, except for if you go to that big scary thing, you know, you'll know if you play that adventure <laughs> path. Otherwise, neat. Um, Horses and stuff. And cute little cougars. Yeah, yeah. firepel cougars. Put them okay, in the so place. if we're going to do that, what claw do we want? Oh, the nice Ooh. one. Oh, the skull one. Skull claw, the, yeah. Skull claw, the, They're neat. The, the bone claw is pretty cool. Bone claw. Yeah. Bone claw. I don't know. Actually, the sun claw grew oh, the moon on me. Claw. The sun claw is like a full. Yeah, they oh, The scalar claw, yeah, they're pretty hardcore. Yeah. yeah. I think either the moon claw with the wolves or whatever, they're neat. Yeah. Or the, the bone one. Let's do the wolfy one. I like the wolfy one. Wolfy one. They call it Desna. The Lyru claw. The Lyru yeah. claw. Yeah. Yeah. Lyru right. claw okay. it is. All right, yes. Yeah, so you can have your own giant wolf to ride around across yes. the cinder plains yes. as you wreak havoc upon your enemies. Excellent. And hopefully we guess correctly and you're in kind of the interior part. <laughs> We're <laughs> just the interior southern part where it's more like that. Um, if, if you're not, you can be hot claw and do like that. I think they do cliff diving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like, pretty right. cool. So, uh, Write us back and, and see how good we are at guessing this part of California. <laughs> Based on your from, name. Jared. Um, all right, so Jared writes Hello, my name is Jared, and I want to say I really enjoy the show. Great voice work, very descriptive, and your crew seems to have a really seamless rules knowledge. I had a question for Jordan. Yay! Oh my God. I'm so glad <laughs> that I fun. get to be the one reading this. <laughs> see how big is We head could all contribute now? to. No, it's uh, only for me. Well, right, well Jordan's in answer. charge this time. 
Uh, so he asks, what went into choosing a monk? I've had an idea for a monk character for a while now, but I'm nervous to play the class. A martial character with low base attack bonus and no armor seems so risky. Is there some class feature that made it stand out to you? Thanks. Keep up the good work. Low base attack bonus. Uh, Before we begin... If you want to take it. Uh, so a uh, couple, there's a couple kind of pieces in there. Uh, I am the Unchained Monk, which yes. actually does get a full base attack bonus. Yes. Which I think I just stole Rick's Thunder on that one. Yeah. No, no, that, that's why I kicked that's, it over. That was you. one I of the first things I was going to say too. Yeah. Uh, the the thing for me was that when I came up with the concept of Sudi, I actually came at it from the other t- the other side of Living Monolith. Normally, I would default to casters, and I I would go. Okay, but I wanted to really play this Living Monolith Prestige class because there's never a time that's probably going to fit in another adventure path that we play. So I really wanted to do that. And the the thing for me was like, there's two paths to uh, Living Monolith. You can either go for an Ip Stone or a Cost Stone. And Ib is if you're a caster. And it gives you things like damage reduction that I was like, this seems a little odd. Um, so I went with the Cost Stone and I was like, okay, so I'm going to play something martial kind of going into this. A ranger was already taken. Um, there was the you know idea of doing a fighter, and I don't know. I've actually never really done a fighter. It's not because I like, dislike the class or anything. It's just I don't know. For me, I like having a little bit more flexibility. So I like monk, fiddly bits. I, I do like fiddly bits, <laughs> and I do like flexibility. So for I'm me, not twelve, I promise. <laughs> for me personally, I've had kind of a interesting relationship because I do have a black belt in taekwondo. So I've done martial arts, and I've actually studied a little aikido as well. So I actually have done some martial arts. So to me, the monk class is just super cool because it's like, oh, you get all these cool key powers, and it's basically like you're the Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee or anything like that. And so I really like just the flavor of it. The the interesting thing was trying to figure out how to make a monk work in a city <laughs> that's like. Not really known. It's not like a you know a monk order you know lives in this place or anything. So working with Rick made that a lot more feasible. But it, it was it was something that I kind of arrived at from kind of the other way of how do I get something that's going to get me into living monolith. Now it does have some cool abilities. Like the one key power that I t- picked up was the metabolism thing, which hasn't come into play yet. But I can hold my breath for like forever, and I don't eat a lot of food. I can't imagine why you picked that one at all. Yeah. I'm I, <laughs> as we all know, my greatest fears falling to my death and drowning and slow fall isn't one of the things that I picked up so going for the drowning. Yeah when they found the random scroll of prophecy Jordan was very excited to hear temple of water (laughs) (laughs) I love the water temple I'll be lost forever I will say unchained monk for sure Mm. but also if I was going to play a monk vow of poverty because sometimes I like to just play something that doesn't seem like it would ever survive but then it does survive and that's pretty cool. Yeah I I was going to say I've looked through very rarely do I just look through all the stuff in the books, but I've probably read every single style feat and archetype that you can play as a monk, and they're just so interesting. And so um, if you're interested in like kind of what are the differences between the you know core rulebook monk and the unchained monk, they did some really interesting things because they pulled in some of the abilities from one of the archetypes when they kind of rebuilt the monk for Unchained. So I liked the ability to like customize my character a lot more because monks did have kind of a standard set of abilities that were basically, you know, these key powers that you just kind of got automatically. And Mm -hmm. with Unchained, it was a lot more flexible. So I was like, I really like the ability to customize my class. I'm a big, you know, fan of RPGs and customizing my character and stuff. So it kind of fit with that. Seems like the takeaway is play an Unchained monk. I do recommend Unchained Monk for the full base attack bonus, if nothing else, because... The, the only thing you is, really lose yeah. is your will saves. 
yeah, aren't that's... as good as they were when you were a monk before. Yeah. But yeah, you do get all the powers and everything else that you get way more flexibility with your with your class features. I just think monks are cool. <laughs> and one thing I will throw out there is never underestimate the utility of style feats. Oh, yes. Uh, they are phenomenal. Jordan just picked up his first one with his pummeling style. Uh, yes, which is one of my personal favorites for punching through damage reduction. So. And if, you, if you're interested in making a monk that can basically be a tank, look at the crane style. Yep. Where you can just make attacks that would hit you, not hit you anymore once per turn. It's yeah. it's great. So, But play whatever character makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the number one rule. And yep. monks made me happy. The number two rule is not to let down the rest of your party. Yep. <laughs> I, I make no promises that that hasn't already occurred. <laughs> I mean, as of yet, you were the first one back into the fray when you guys were teleported away. It's as much, true. As much as Segura is the damage whirlwind of death over here, getting her I back mean, into the fight takes a while if she gets out of it. I'm slow. So, yeah. wait until you're playing something like a 12th level monk and have an 80 foot movement speed or something <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that is one thing I, I will say. I have not decided how far into Living Monolith I'm going versus Monk because there's so many great things about both of them. <laughs> well, the capstone for Living Monolith. Yeah, oh, I would cap I know. out Living I was like, Monolith. Oh, that capstone ability is so good. So, so that, we will see. Yeah, we'll see in book email? six, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that is our last email. Thank you very much, Jared. I yes, appreciate yes. Uh, a, a, a one just for me. <laughs> casting lay gods oh man oh uh, yeah I guess we can do that roll All right, dice. what am I rolling now what are I we down know, to just roll something I think it's a d8 now a d8 come on Iomide I rolled a five for this one we are going to be casting Serenray the Dawnflower oh. I love her the goddess of healing honesty redemption and the sun I do really like Serenray Serenray is one of the most popular deities on Galerian, and followers of many other faiths respect her power, dedication, and generosity. Once a powerful angel, known as an imperial lord, Serenray led the heavenly hosts in the charge against the rough beast Rovagug, and it was she who dealt him the great blow that led to his chaining. Now a goddess in her own right, Serenray is kind and loving, a figure of light, guidance, and healing, and has great patience with those who choose to be blind but may one day see. Yet for all her compassion, Serenray is also a powerful force against evil and strikes down the irredeemable without mercy. Her faith is ancient. It first became popular among the Kelishite humans and then spread to the Grundi in ancient Osirian and into other human and non-human civilizations as well. Religious art depicts the sun goddess as a woman with bronze skin and hair of dancing flame. In some cases, this flame trails behind her for a dozen or more yards. One of her hands offers the light of the sun while the other wields a scimitar against those who would spread darkness, hatred, and pain. The church does not teach that Serenray is the sun itself, rather she is its guardian and conduit for its power. And while fanciful art may show her face in place of the sun, the mainstream faithful recognize the difference between the star and the goddess herself. I actually really only have one for this one, and the name popped into my head immediately. Okay, well, we'll just go around the table. You know, so. It's you start. Oh, I start? Yeah. Oh. Thought I was last. It's um, up to you, actually. Yeah, you either go first or you go last. I decide I'll go last. <laughs> All right, so Rachie's first. Yep. I choose Gina Torres, who plays Zoe from Firefly. Oh, nice one. And pretty much just she is a strong Amazon of a woman, and I love her. Very nice. Very nice. So that's my pick. Gina okay. Torres. Okay, Gina Torres. Like it. 
You get behind that. Heather? Okay, so I picked uh, Kristen Vagsness. She's Penelope Garcia on Criminal Minds. Yeah. I like her. I do like Penelope. Okay. Yeah, I just, for some reason, he started describing Seren Ray, and that's immediately where my brain went. Interesting. <laughs> Unusual choice, but okay. I told you it was going to be kind of different. But, yeah, that's different. But, <laughs> but okay. I like it. All right. I probably didn't pronounce her last name right, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Next. So, funny enough, I, I originally knew this because uh, I've heard some of her music before on like a random channel that I listened to and then found out that she also does acting. But I'm probably going to butcher her name. Ania Buxain. Okay. She's an Israeli actress, although she's actually Russian. But she played the, not the Red Woman, but one of the main Red Priestesses in a couple of episodes of Game uh, of Thrones. She was the uh, yeah, Red Priestess that showed up and dealt with Danny. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. All right. Stephanie Beatriz. Oh. Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Rosa Diaz. Mm. Nice. Because she's like the sweetest human being in real life, but she's like a complete bad in that show. Yeah, she does have that redeemed by the word or by yeah. the sword kind of vibe to her. I could see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so for me, thinking of the, the last, like, imperious woman that I saw a great movie of, uh, I'm going to go with Gal Gadot, because she yep. just has, like, like, that really, like, piercing stare that I feel like if your eyes are literal, like, sunbeams would translate really well. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah. I like everybody's mm-hmm. choices so far. That's always what makes it hard. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's, that, that's her problem, except maybe Penelope Garcia. She's so nice. Mm-hmm. She's, she's too sweet. She's too sweet. She could have been a Shalin. Oh, yeah. No, she would be a good Shalin, yeah. I don't know. She gets pretty feisty, and she's That's all true. about the redemption, which is another thing. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it was a weird one, but I like it. Gina Torres. You said bronze skin, and I was like, yes. Well, and one of the things that I always approved, there was a, a thing where they were talking about how, you know, just a little bit on the subject of, of representation and making tabletop gaming not quite so Eurocentric, is I've always appreciated the fact that Serenray would honestly be considered to be the core deity of Pathfinder. Yep. But isn't a, a Eurocentric type of goddess. Yeah. I've always thought of her as more Arabic based. That's why I was looking up yeah. Arab actresses, is because it, it's it, it's not just the Kadiran tie in, but it's like how she's drawn also like in the art, just kind of like well, I mean, her favorite weapon's the scimitar. Her and favorite weapon's the yeah, scimitar. Yeah, well, I mean, we, played, that, so. we met her the most through Legacy of Fire, so. She, she's very pro- predominant Legacy of Fire. Yeah, and, which was our first adventure path, so. And I, I do fire. love just the, uh, there's always the quote that sticks with me from her Paladin's Code of, I will redeem them by the word or the sword. Yep. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you have to give them the chance to surrender, but if they don't take it. No, you don't? Okay, stop, stop. Yep, sorry. You can yell it at them while you charge Neat. Well, that's why I picked Gina Torres, because she, to me, represents all of that. And plus, I just imagine her as, well, I've seen her in a ton of things, but she she's like Zoe, who can kick your butt, but she'll also come in and save you when you when you need it the most. And that's why it made me think of surrendering. Also, you like Firefly. Also, I love Firefly. <laughs> and But I but I knew her from other stuff other than Firefly. So when then when she got in Firefly, I was like, yes. I, I've always loved Gina Torres. Yeah. I think she's amazing. Cool. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know she was married to Lawrence Fishburne. Really? Oh, that's Not cute. anymore, but... Oh, oh, okay. Okay, well, that's fine. You do you. Gene Torres. So who won that one? Uh, the I fans don't. will vote. I don't know. I don't check the Reddit very often for on the voting thing, to be honest, because I'm a bad person, but I was just looking because I was curious. And yeah, they, people vote. 
I think I'm still one for like 20, so. <laughs> I, according to this, I've got two. Jess has three. Jordan doesn't have any. Sorry, Wait, Jordan. Wait, I thought I had one. I thought I won one. Yeah, I, I don't you know. you Horace, but Horace isn't on there. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Rachel's got two and Rick's got two. I'm I winning. Yeah. Uh, so you can check the Reddit on the after parties and vote for the deities because there is a poll and then uh, see the results the week after or the, with the next actor party post. Yep. So you That's have cool. three weeks to vote for people, basically. And with that, we will sign off on After Party 22. Vote for Gal Gadot, and good luck, <laughs> Pathfinders. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, Pathfinders. See you all in the next episode. Pathfolk. Bye, Pathfolk. Bye.